You're listening to the Taku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo! And today's episode is Fairy Cast number three. Yes! And Andrew's still sticking Andrew's with it. Andrew's doing good! We went through... We, we, we all have to give him applause and, 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 and pat him on the back. He's doing great. He's trucking through... And I mean, he's trucking through these episodes. And when, once we get going, he's just knocking them out. So, I mean, he's, he's doing really awesome, guys. Y'all would be proud. That sounds so sarcastic. It's not funny. I'm not trying to be sarcastic. You are sarcastic. That's 30 through 41. Don't make it sound like I'm being mean. I'm not. I, I, I'm really proud of you. You're doing good. 30 through 41 episodes. So if you have not watched Fairy Tale up until episode 41, you should run away now because we're going to talk full on spoilers for Fairy Tale. Because um, this is our fairy cast, and we like to talk about shonens that Andrew's watching, Chris has already watched, and Chris struggles the entire time because he can't say anything, because otherwise Andrew knows that he's spoiling things. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we, we went through the, the quick little filler episode of uh, the opera episode on 30, which was basically just them arriving at some job to help a guy with a opera thing. Now, they, they, did a, they did a job just before it where they said they messed up again and destroyed a bunch of things so she thought lucy thought that if they went to this opera job that they would not destroy anything and the entire time i'm waiting for them to destroy the opera house and sure enough they destroy the opera house (laughs) they literally bring the roof down as you would say i guess um that was pretty funny episode because i just like watching urza completely get stage fright even though she's always in front of tons of people and blasting them all for some reason being on an opera stage suddenly she's stage fright yeah, that was great. She transforms in front of people naked, but she gets stage fright. That makes perfect sense. Yep. Uh, following up that, we jumped right into, I would guess you'd call it the Loki arc. Yes. Which is is the, uh, the, the, the reveal that he is indeed a celestial spirit. Yes. Which not I have to say. Any, not just any celestial spirit. He's Leo the Lion, which is Andrew Leo the Lion. lion. So he's, cool. he's the top of the top. I will say that I seen it coming. I seen I seen hints of it pretty much, so that was not too much of a surprise. I I would have to say it didn't. I I I I admit I didn't notice. I didn't see it until it was there, and it was like I should have seen it all along. I guess it's one of those things. Because it, it, what it is was he was always afraid of celestial uh, mages, and so it was like. 
Yeah, technically, that they're, they're, the only reason I would see that being a case is either if he had some kind of traumatic experience with Celestial uh, Wizards, or he might have some kind of tie to them, and that was kind of the mentality that was kind of bringing it. So it wasn't that I knew it... I knew that he was Celestial Spirit coming into the arc. It was more of a case as the, as the arc started beginning, I was like, maybe, kind of thing. Well, my my biggest thing is, is without understanding the rules of the world, which we're still technically learning the rules of the world, the idea that a Celestial Spirit can live outside of having a... It's pretty much implied that a Celestial Spirit is brought in and sent back out by a celestial wizard. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's one of those things that comes up right up to the front of the your mind is oh well what if a celestial spirit is refuses to go back? It, it, you don't see that as a rule that can be used in this world. So it's an interesting twist to that rule. And I have to admit that it was probably one of the first uh arcs that I actually enjoyed. Oh, like yeah. that was there was plenty in there that I was actually interested in. I, I liked, I liked his struggle with with uh, Lucy. Um, I, I enjoyed that uh, kind of finally having some kind of bond forming between the two, even though he's always running away from her, like in some kind of comedic thing. It was kind of finally he sits still and listens to her, and they talk. And having that struggle that he was obviously having with bonding with her, and then of course the comedic aspect of him kind of them realizing that he's this player and all these girls are trying to look for him and that was cute as well. It was just it was just a good arc overall. The only problem I had with his arc is I had zero care whatsoever for his previous owner. And I did not get his I didn't by the time the the backstory was told and he comes the 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 weird guy comes up and says she died and he's all upset about it. I'm like, I don't understand why. This doesn't make any sense to me why he would feel remorse for it. She has she had always shown abusiveness to uh the sheep girl and he came to protect her and she continued to show abuse to him all the way up until their last meeting she comes and says please stop kind of thing and then he she still starts kicking him into the ground. It was like I don't know how this went to him going I failed her sadness kind of thing. It was unless it was his deep rooted internal desire to actually help her that they never revealed to me. Well, I think that was kind of implied by... I never see that implied, though. That was... His his point was not to kill her. It was no. to get her to mend her own ways. And and I think that that was kind of implied. But yeah, I agree. I don't think no, that they, it, well, it told the story well, but it told the story good enough. And it's... it's may, maybe I want to see that. And... I don't think that she was necessarily bad. She just was mis. She mis. She mistreated what she well, told no, she not had. Not mistreated. She just didn't understand what she had, and that they had feelings, and that I think is something that they were tools. They were to tools her. to her. But I didn't. But see, the problem is I didn't see at any point that they revealed that he was trying to have her mend her ways. His point was release us. Give up, give us up. That was all he well, was saying. He never that, said, "Fix, don't do that anymore, and we'll stick around." Or you need to stop abusing her. It was he came in and said, "You're not summoning anybody else. Release us." Well, he. Did I'm going to be say, over here. Release us. He did say it when she came back. I I've changed my mind. I, I you're right. I'm doing wrong. And he said, "Then why won't you release us?" 
if they you would, us, right. if you released us, then you would it, that would prove that you understand what you did is wrong. But he never said, and then we'll we'll come back or anything. Like that. I don't know. I, I guess it's a lot of implied things there. But I just had a lot of problems with her. It was about the only thing I didn't like about the arc was just that element, and it even kind of progressed into the whole celestial spirit king. And it works for the arc. I understand that there was a reason they did this because it told this story. But it still was a case of the entire time they're talking to the, the celestial spirit king. I'm going, he didn't kill her. That would be like saying that she summoned one of them. And told them to go attack this thing over here and then jumped off a cliff. That wouldn't be their fault. That would the the reason that he's saying that this is you you didn't directly kill her, but you indirectly killed her, so thus you're you're being judged in the same merits. It would be like saying if you sent one off this direction and then she jumped off a cliff, they would be they would be cursed for that. Because technically uh, what he what she did is said uh, she summoned he summoned himself. He went over here, which prevented her from summoning another one because she didn't have the power to summon two. She went off on a job. She could have become a baker. She could have done errands for somebody to make money. But no, she wanted money, so she took a job, went over here, and tried to summon a second one and got herself killed. She basically committed suicide. Why is that his fault? It was another thing that was kind of bugging me. Like I said, I understand that it was a tool to tell this story, and that's fine. That was a story they were telling, but... It still was like, yeah, why? That just doesn't make any sense. I, I see where you're going. I, and, and, and I think that, in a way, it is kind of a 50-50 thing. I mean, I understand it, it, it's more of a guilt by association type thing. It's not necessarily that he is directly, like you were saying, he's indirectly uh, caused the the issue. But when it comes down to it, no, he did not really do it. To have him judged by, I think that it's that is where you were saying it, it, it was a tool to progress the story. Um, it, it it needed to happen to cause Lucy to stand up and say, "Look, it, you can't do this. You have to keep him there." Which was a good scene too. It, it was a great scene, and she went Super Saiyan. And <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I mean, there was a lot of things that I truly did love about this this particular arc. I I loved actually seeing the the breakdown how all the rules involving the spirits or the celestial spirits uh which really kind of sold the celestial spirit because up until this point the celestial spirit or the celestial or just a toy, mage was, was a joke. Just, just a joke yeah and this kind of brought them into the forefront as something that is viable for this world um and it, it's 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 neat to see what the potential that is actually in Lucy that that is not really seen very often. Yeah, it was a good arc. I like I said, I, I it was one of the first arcs that I actually really enjoyed. I like the storytelling in it. I did have those two moments where I was kind of irked, but again, I respect for telling its story, so it worked out in the end. Um, the bigger important thing that we have to address is the Urza arc. Yes. Would you call it the Urza arc, or is there going to be another arc for Urza? Yeah, it's it was really the Tower past. of Heaven, actually. Yeah, <laughs> but it was our history. We got pretty much her entire history all the way up into the point of joining Fairy Tale and everything. Um, we started off with them going to a theme park, thanks to Loki. After being saved by Lucy, he gives her some tickets, and they all go have fun at a a theme park thing. And as they're there, a bunch of random number generated characters show up that apparently are from Urza's past. Including a block-looking you love boy. That term, don't you? It's all over this show, especially the Assassins Guild people. They were all us later. We'll talk about that. 
I actually just just to throw that out this out here. This is one of my favorite arcs of the entire show. It was one of my. It was my favorite mainly because it's Urza. I and well, I liked. I liked I, her. I wouldn't necessarily say she it's was just because of her. It's just it's got a lot of interesting characters. A lot of. Mm. A lot of great story backstory. I think is where this this arc shines most of all. Is it explains it, this is probably the most world building of all the arcs I've seen so far. I'd, I'd agree with that, um, but that's not saying much for what was come before this. <laughs> um, but yeah, we they got captured and or namely Urza got captured, um, taken back to this Tower of Heaven, where essentially we find out that back in there. Her origins, she was brought to a this tower where they were essentially ma- forcing people to work to pull the spirit out of them to fill this tower of heaven, which would eventually resurrect basically a, a demon, which we've kind of, yeah, which was, we've been kind of been hinted at over a course of time. Uh, Earl had, uh, Earl and, and Gray's arc, his history, they fought that big gigantic one, which was a minion of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that uh, they summoned to attack the uh, the council mm-hmm. back in, what would that be called? The flute, of de- the flute of Death <laughs> The Flute of Death, yes. Uh, that big gigantic demon was another one of them. So this was the king of, of all those, the big, the big cheese guy. Um, and apparently at some point, uh, she was was interrogated because they tried to escape. Um, then they took uh, her friend, Jalal, was it Jalal? Jalal, yeah. Jalal uh, took him up there to try to interrogate him, but then he suddenly starts speaking to this this demon and uh, essentially is, is kind of possessed by it. Yes. And thus, after Urza decides to stand up and rise up against the, the, the tower of guards, um, she... After seeing what would look like a member of Fairy Tale was this old man that was captured as well, who had a big gigantic fairy tale tattoo. After he protected her, her power unlocked, and she destroyed just started tearing stuff up as a cute little Lolly Urza. Yep. Um after Lolly Urza Urza is epic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I passion everything. Yes. You gotta eye patch people. Um after kind of taking over the tower, uh, she goes to Jalil, and he pretty much says, "No, I'm going to take over this place. I'm going to, I'm going to restart everything. We're going to, we're not going to force anybody. We're going to feed him and everything. We're going to, we're going to build this thing because I want to summon this thing. Still, kind of thing. Uh, she doesn't like it. She says, "No, we're going to leave. Let's let's get out of here. Let's be free." And he pretty much clears her. Uh, Pretty much kicks her out. Says you're you're gonna leave. You're you're never gonna come back here. If you do, I'll hurt the other friends that there were part of their little group. Um, of course, we don't find out until later that he pretty much brainwashed them into believing that she destroyed all the boats and forced everybody to stay at the tower and betrayed him and all that kind of jazz. So that's why they're kind of not liking him too much or her too much. Uh, of course, once she gets there and they kind of reveal to those friends that. Hey, you got it all wrong. Urza was a good person. Jalil was actually uh, tricking you all. That they all kind of tries to rise up against him in the, this this heaven tower, and uh, he decides to in random out of nowhere, <laughs> a bunch of assassin guild guys show up. A bird, a uh, uh, owl looking guy, a rock star looking guy, random who absorbs again. who absorbs water in his hair because. 
of course, every single one of these that show up have to counter the good guys in some way. So obviously, if uh, Juvia goes against the rock star guy, obviously he has to be able to absorb the water. That's why they have trouble. Uh, Hoot Hoot guy apparently can is super fast and can absorb uh, 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 Natsu. And then, of course, what was the other one? Was the oh yeah, the, I can cut anything would be perfect for somebody who generates armor. <laughs> Anyways, that aside, uh, I liked Juvia and uh, uh, Lucy going against the Rockstar. Even though I hate the Rockstar guy, he was absolutely obnoxious. Yes, he was. I liked the whole Juvia finally kind of being accepted into this friendship group. Uh, her calling out to Lucy. Uh, to help to kind of say, you know, kind of fight back kind of thing. And it was cute. Uh, it was a kind of a something I don't see often in the fairy tale show, which is kind of one of my complaints about the show in general is that the fights are usually very shonen. It's always get stronger, overcome something. There's never really any cleverness to the combat. There's never, well, they're using scissors. So if I go over here with rock, you'll see this clever use of my ability and that overcomes this. It was the first time where I seen, yeah, technically she can use Aqua and Aqua would control the water that she has, that she's basically made out of to combat this person. So mm-hmm. it was cool. It was an interesting way of using that. I seen it coming from a mile away, but it was still a cool kind of thing. And I, like I said, I enjoyed, uh, you know, Juvia and Lucy's connection there. It was kind of cute. Yeah. Uh, kind of like the, the cat girl. She was kind of cute. <laughs> she was, wasn't uh, she? <laughs> she didn't really get much but to bind people's powers every two seconds. But I did like the whole Natsu with the cat helmet thing and <laughs> gun guy trying to shoot her. And she's like, don't be mean to the cat. And <laughs> that whole thing was just silly and fun. So I, I, it was one of the few cases where they used the comedy here and there that was actually kind of fun. So I, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, the other one was the, yeah, the, the hoot thing absorbing Natsu was kind of creepy. <laughs> it was. Um, but seeing Guy uh, guy actually... Gray. Gray. Why am I saying Guy? Gray actually stand up and kind of defeat something that Natsu was kind of overcome by was kind of cool. It's always nice to kind of see somebody step up and overcome something that somebody else can't. Well, one of the cool things about that particular uh, exchange is it, it, it shows... Because you always hear how strong Gray is. But you never actually truly see it in any way, shape, or form. Uh, all you know is that he was he was taught by Ur, who is apparently really strong. So, therefore, by default, he is strong. Um, he is in a group with Erza, um, uh, Natsu, and Lucy, who... And this is, quote-unquote, the strongest team. But you never actually see how strong he truly is. And this is the first time where you actually see Natsu, who we know is really strong. So strong that Erza, Erza says that he's, he's supposed to uh, go past her at some point. You know that he is on the same level as Gaijil or Gajil, who is at a point in which he is one of the strongest in uh, Phantom Lord, and he's on the same level as him. Um, you, you, you know that everybody respects Natsu's power, 
and Guy uh, Gray is supposed to be as strong as Natsu, but you never actually see it. And you kind of see it with with um, with uh, uh, Juvia, who is one of the uh, the 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 elemental four in that gr- in Phantom Lord, which are the strongest of that guild uh, next to the the guild leader. So you kind of impl- it's kind of implied that he's one of the strongest, but it never actually sees it. And with this 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 combat, you see Natsu fighting and on the same level as this owl. And then, like you were saying, he got swallowed. And then Gray came in. Now you can say technically he got beat because he got motion sickness, but you know comedy doesn't doesn't excuse. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was one of those cases where it was like. Yeah, technically, it almost like he just fell in there and didn't realize what was going on, and then got the motion sickness. So it was almost like a a cop out to not show that Natsu really lost. That he could have beat him if not for the fact that he just kind of tripped or something, whatever. Right. But it was still it was still cool to see that somebody can that somebody can overcome something that somebody else fails at. Um, but yeah, that that L was kind of off putting to to be honest, but. That's fine, I guess. Random number generating monsters. Well, the rock guy wouldn't have been as, as annoying if he didn't do the screaming and yelling and stuff like that. But and absorbing water with his hair and it getting all huge. And, <laughs> um, well, the, uh, Juvia, rock, rocking Juvia was pretty pretty epic. I liked her. <laughs> Succubus, no Juvia, <laughs> no. That was awesome. No. Come on, no. no. Um, the, uh, the fight with, uh, Urza and the, I can cut anything chick. She was about the only one that was off putting the way that she was designed. She was just kind of a kimono sword kind of thing. But, um, that was kind of one of those fights where I'm kind of going, okay, let's shatter every piece of armor she has. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you showed your best one. She's going to shatter that one too. It was very one of those, let's go through the, let's go through the motions. So you see how cool and powerful this person they're fighting is. Um, but I did, thought it was pretty cool when she finally just kind of, I don't need armor, just two swords. I was like, yeah, you're looking epic, Urza. So <laughs> that that's great. I got that at least out of it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a cool little conclusion to it. But uh, And then that kind of moves on to the fight with uh, Jalal, which was uh, probably the point in the show where I was kind of going, I had a lot of mixed feelings on the, that, that finale for this arc was just this... Uh, I was seeing the whole thing of using the the Ethereon back when they first announced to use the or when he when the Jalil on the console, council was bringing up the idea of using it. I immediately was like, "Well, that's where they're getting their power from, obviously." So that whole thing was like a mile away. I seen them. That's not a good thing for them to use that, and obviously they're going to use that because with every situation, if you say that there is a this is a bad thing. It's coming. You're going to get there. There's no way you're going to stop it. You have to get to that final thing. Granted, they didn't actually summon uh, the big evil lord thing fully, but they got close enough, I guess. But I don't know. I was... I just... I. It was a decent twist on it. Like I said, though, it kind of I seen it coming from a mile away, um, but the fight itself was... It was cool seeing Natsu actually eat the 
eat the crystal stuff and <laughs> just go nuts and then start vomiting. <laughs> it was kind of pretty cool. Um, I I almost kind of wish that he would take some of that with him because right. then anytime you fight somebody that's strong, you just comp that down, knock him out, and then vomit or something. I don't know. Um, it was it was kind of cool seeing the kind of self sacrifice moment towards the end there with with Urza and and wanting to give up her life for him, um, which was kind of echoed with the other guy giving up his life for her. Uh, that was kind of a sweet moment. Uh, kind of sucked <laughs> seeing that guy die, but um, not because he was at all fleshed out, but it was still more of seeing Urza in pain. You realize that there was a connection there. Somebody actually died in this show. Every arc. <sighs> Every arc, somebody from the past will die. <laughs> okay, keep, I see. I see what I going. see. I see what you're going. Where are you going with that? No, my original way of continuing my my I belief thought, that I thought, every I thought you were going to point at the the fairy tale guy. Uh, what was his name? Ron from. But no, my thing was females. I always I always claimed that every arc had a female character from the past that was cute that would die, and my only way to keep it going with this arc was to say that technically Urza's childhood died. <laughs> she technically died in that tower and became somebody else and then had to relive it when they were she was brought back but yeah technically they're still going with the somebody in the past dying that's somehow significant i did like the tie-in with the fairy tale guy uh when she goes back to the the fairy tale for the first time and they're like she apparently knew this guy that was from the fairy tale guild. Oh, that guy! I was like, I, I like that connection that kind of happened when he first turned his back and he seen the the fairy tale uh, logo thing. Was like that was cool. I like that. That was kind of yeah. a, a cool tie in. Uh, seeing her come into the guild, uh, her distancing herself from everybody, but still trying to remain there to kind of follow in this guy. There was the only thing that she had leaving the tower was this guy that protected her that. I almost wish that they would have taken more time to have her and that guy together. They really only showed one scene with them alone together, and then it went straight to him protecting her. I feel it would have been a lot more impactful to have him have a, a buildup and to show him with her over a period of time before going to him dying, and then her following him. Pretty much, like I said before, that was the only connection she had outside of the tower was this guy with a fairy tale tattoo. Oh well, I'm gonna go over here and find out what's going on with them. That was still cool. I liked it. It was a cool connection. Seeing uh, Gray confront her and and point out what you're crying, kind of thing. I, I'm I feel more comfortable alone. Well, you're crying. Why are you crying? Then that was a very sweet moment between them two. Um, I like seeing that kind of back history. I, I'm more interested in their history than the current, which is kind of sad. But uh, it was it was still a cool little cool little backstory for Urza, definitely. Um, but yeah, that's going forward from there was just the, the, the fall of the tower, uh, her becoming one with it. And that was never really truly explained, but apparently she synced with it and it went away. But then you find out that maybe, uh, Jalal had absorbed it to do his final attempt to help her, which kind of lends itself to, they're probably going to run into Jalil later, but we'll we'll put that aside. Don't want Chris to respond to that at all. Um, but they really technically didn't show him die, so I'm assuming we'll see him later. He seems like he's too prominent to disappear. Um, but yeah, and then they fake out her death, which didn't work for Andrew, because Andrew's seen Urza in episode thumbnails for later. <laughs> so Andrew's like, yeah, right, Urza's not dead, whatever. 
that was kind of silly doing that whole funeral thing. I thought that was I thought that was cheap. It was it felt really cheap to have them. Even if I didn't see thumbnails of her later, it's kind of cheap to have the whole ceremony and everything and people breaking down and then oh, I'm not actually dead. I was hallucinating apparently and uh, here's Natsu holding her and I thought that was sweet too. I like that that whole thing with them too. Natsu's too hard-headed to accept reality. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And of course, following that uh, whole arc, which again I thought was a was a good arc, we went into uh, seeing Fairy Tale rebuilt, and that was a little bit off-putting because everything was wacky again and fully cooty stuff again, and apparently Gajil playing a guitar on a stage. And, <laughs> I thought I loved that. Uh, Murray or whatever her name was that was a uh, was was pretty cool. I like her singing on there. That was that was that was good. Mary Jane. And then we find out that not only did Juvia join Fairy Tale, but Gajil did. But Gajil did, even though I just mentioned that he's singing in the Fairy Tale Guild. <laughs> um, I'm not too sure about that whole thing. It was it, what was more off putting in that whole situation was that here Natsu, who attempted to make friends with him before after the battle they had, but Gajil was rejecting him. Now suddenly Natsu hates his guts and doesn't want to have anything to do with him. It's like no, 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 no. Okay, you that that is a Natsu trait that you're going to gonna have to just accept that he's flip flops a lot. No, that to acknowledge a person as a friend means they are immediately rival. I.e. Gray, Gajil. Mm. Um, that's, it's that's it's cheap. just it's gonna happen. You're gonna get. But no, I, I don't. I didn't see that as a rival thing. I seen that as what are you doing here? Get the hell out of here, kind of thing. I can that's see if it was his, a let's go his fight now. Start, that's his way of starting fights. Yeah, that was dumb. I'm he sorry. does it with Gray all the time, and you're gonna have to get used to it because it's gonna happen a lot. Nah. If, if he can find a reason to start fight a fight, he every will. single episode of this podcast fight. <laughs> uh, you're gonna be doing it a lot and you're gonna be it's gonna be pointless because it's gonna happen a lot i like seeing juvia's new hairstyle she got rid of those doofy little twirling tubes on the side of her head she looks kind of cute now so I'm yes i do i did i did like the the artwork change i was kind of getting more i was getting very afraid of juvia for a while there especially back with like the opera scene and the and the the loki stuff was this whole her popping up in the distance and being a stalker. I was like, oh, please don't kill that joke. You kill every other joke in the show. Please don't kill Juvia stalking joke. But thankfully, she kind of said, hey, I want to join your guild kind of thing. That was cool. I, I like seeing, I think the most in these, uh, technically, I guess it's three arcs. I like seeing Juvia come into the fray. I think that she's a good character. I, I really like her. Um, I like seeing Urza's past. Um, definitely was probably the highlight of everything was seeing how she came to fairy tale. Um, yeah, seeing seeing Urza go through some pain was a little rough, but and also liked I liked uh, Loki's arc. I thought that was good. So we're on positive for this episode. Andrew Andrew liked all like two or three of the arcs that we just went through. That's good. Opera was the. <laughs> Even though I got to see Urza embarrassed, it was good. Um, yeah, that's 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 it. I can't think of anything else. We're gonna go next podcast will be forty two through fifty one. 
which is what arc? Or do you want to say, is that a bad thing to say what arc it's called? Not really. It is... It kind of lends itself, and at the end of episode 41, we see Gaijil is being beat the crap out of by headphone guy that's the mm. son of... of uh, Laxus. Uh, yeah, Laxus. Not looking forward to that, because I think he's a terrible character, but I guess that's the point. <laughs> um, not liking him at all. I, I like that whole moment with Gaijil uh, redeeming himself, I guess. That was a... That was a cool moment. I, I, yes, I, that was a very strong scene, there's, in my opinion. There's definitely a lot of ways you can do that wrong. I I was a little off-put by Guy Jill suddenly showing up and wanting to join the guild. I didn't really kind of get into yet, I guess, why he would want to join the guild. Um, but it was nice to have him come and kind of get redemption in some form. And not really redemption, but just kind of saying, look, I'm genuine. And that was really him just getting letting himself get taken down. And then continuing letting himself get take down and then protecting them. It was like a do you realize that you just try to attack one of your own members and the guy that you think is a traitor just protected your member from your attack? It was like it was a really cool little moment. I, I liked it. Yes, it was a very strong scene. One, one and another one of those scenes that 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 I definitely put up at the top and in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyways, what I was getting to is that pretty much him coming in there and saying, I, I, I need to change things because this is not the guild that I want to inherit was really a solid moment of, yeah, it looks like that's where we're going next arc. I'm my assumption. So yes, it is the battle of Fa- fairy tale. Yeah. 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 And Which I still go back to episodes. So 41 to 51. And this will be another thing where Chris can't say anything at all, but they're really painting Urza as being the next uh, king because it doesn't seem like there's really much other options. They're like, here's the guy that's always the ninja guy that never talks to anybody would be a terrible leader because he <laughs> technically doesn't like talking to anybody. Well, uh, love, my son is terrible, um, yeah. and Urza is, seems to be the only good person for the job. So, yeah, that that kind of painted Urza stepping up, but we'll see in the in the future. But, yeah, it was funny seeing him. I need to retire I can't retire yet. I need to retire. I can't retire yet. If anybody is interested, the next the next w- group uh, will be Arosion Seis, and that is twenty episodes. So we have we were discussing whether or not we wanted to because the next the next one is like roughly seven eight episodes nine nine episodes, and then so it's not a full, I guess arc per se it's it's relatively a short arc but going right into the next one is a very large arc so what we'll probably do is just do a quickie um for the the small one and then go right into the big guy 10 episodes sorry i'm not counting one because 42 has to be counted too um but yeah that's uh, again 42 through 51 and uh if you're watching along with us you'll know that that's the next one you're gonna shoot for um, hopefully people will keep it up with us. Definitely, again, give us feedback. Let us know if you're enjoying this. We've been getting some feedback, and we really appreciate the feedback. Uh, it seems like people really enjoy this. Um, yeah, that's that's fairy cast number three. Yes. We're going good. Is Chris going to ask his usual question? What's that? You always ask the same question every episode. Did you get sold on, it, on, the, on the show yet? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. Getting there. You had three good solid arcs, so it was that was good. I I'm thinking uh the next one 
I was there was a there's a very good solid scene in the next next set, but overall the arc was okay. But Erosion Seis is where you're really gonna see this show truly show what makes it tick as far as the action side. Okay. So plenty of shonen moments, I'm assuming. In Erosion Six, <laughs> yes. lots of falling and lifting up and falling, and I'm gonna overcome this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyways, hope you all enjoyed, and y'all take care. Os. Shit, I'm gonna